roll backwards down Peel Street in Central. U.S. inflation rises to its highest level in nearly 40 years. And Mike Nesmith, American guitarist of the Monkees, has died at 78. That's all the news from RTHK. Hello and good morning and welcome to The Week on 3 with me, Noreen Mayer. Just two more weeks until Christmas and of course Radio 3 will be bringing you lots of Christmas cheer, Christmas music and spreading the Christmas spirit through our annual charity campaign, Operation Santa Claus. And this year we're supporting 18 worthy causes from the elderly to ethnic minorities and also children in need and also those with physical and intellectual disabilities. This year for Operation Santa Claus, we have a brand new website. So if you get a chance to, we hope you can visit oschk.org and check out all the activities and also ways you can support OSC 2021. And on with this week's program, we've got music to plastic pollution and also transitional housing. This week on Trash Talk, Marcy Trent Long speaks with Doug Woodring from the Ocean Recovery Alliance about their partnership with adventurer Erden Urich about his westbound rower journey as he is rowing from California all the way to Hong Kong with the aim to raise awareness about plastic pollution in the ocean. And here Doug gives us an update. He's about 1,500 miles off of Hawaii, west of Hawaii. He started about 130 days ago. Uh, He's the first person. He already has 15, 16 world records now. He's gone around the world once, about 12, 15 years ago. The only person to do it human-powered with rowing and biking, but it was in different segments to avoid the storms and different oceans at different times. But he's doing it now. First one ever to go across the Pacific from mainland to mainland and north of the equator. Often when people cross the Pacific or try to, they end up going south with the currents to get to Papua New Guinea or Australia. And he's doing it for ocean awareness and uh, plastic pollution awareness and general ocean health. He is doing citizen science along the way. And he's one of our ocean ambassadors. So we are the support team for him on this side of the world and we put out his event is called westbound rower because he rows westward from california we expect him here in march and we put out weekly education uh, material on westbound wednesdays which is now in four languages english chinese spanish and turkish he's turkish american and it's everything about the ocean, survival, currents, wind, how do you make water, how do you eat, what sharks do you see, do you see plastic, how about satellite imagery and ground truthing with our scientists who are on our team from the University of Hawaii. So we have a really amazing stuff going, and we also have live calls with him every few weeks with schools around the world. Last uh, two nights ago, we had... 30 schools from Kenya and the U.S. on the phone with him live. Uh, oh, that is super cool. we talk in two days with him with the Explorers Club out of New York. So he and I will be talking. That will be on at 8 a.m. Hong Kong time on Tuesday the 7th. And it's pretty neat. Kids love it. They, oh, uh, do they? They get to hear and see what he's doing. And what they ask him, now, how does he survive? How does he go to the bathroom? Where does he get his water? Does he flip over? 
you know, what does he see? Why did the shark come look at you? All these kind of things. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to have to listen to one of the Zooms because those are all my questions as well. <laughs> Except the one big dangling one is, is he going to have to quarantine? Uh, we're working on that right now, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> he's the only person in the world probably today on the planet that will have been um, by himself for six months without seeing anyone else, so it wouldn't make any sense for him to quarantine. Yeah, well, I hope yeah. not. But, so you know, he, he, he probably will not come to Hong Kong if he does have to quarantine. If he yeah. does, uh, he'll bypass Hong Kong and he'll go to Vietnam. Huh. Well, maybe he can just stay out in the Another ocean. 800 miles. <laughs> What's That's another 800, 800 mile miles? Decision. Oh, my right. God. Okay. <laughs> Well, that is really cool. And then you also have cold half and clean half races coming up, right? And how uh, do, uh -huh. yeah, we haven't done those in a couple of years because uh, of COVID. So uh, I started a different race, uh, which is on the same day as the clean half. It's all about uh, paddling and rowing. So we have uh, <gasps> about 150 people doing different events. and um, All in Hong Kong. All in Hong Kong. That's uh, great. Uh, it's, a, it's a relay from Stanley to Deepwater Bay, 36 kilometers with outrigger canoes, surf skis, and coastal rowboats. Oh, super fun. So no swimming? Uh, not in this race, no. Yeah. So because normally people came from afar? Uh, it's just too hard with the government logistics uh, um, planning. Oh, I see. And how do those, how do these kind of races raise awareness for ocean plastic pollution in Hong Kong? Um, well, we, we were one of the first races of any race, I think, to have, we have a plastic free event. So we had water refilling stations. Now that's pretty commonplace in races, but you know, of course, no plastic bottles, no plastic bags on t-shirts. If someone hands out t-shirts, a lot of event organizers don't think about these things they they get a thousand t-shirts made hand them out at the event and the bags fly around in the wind uh or they get uh, some caterer and says please bring me 500 meals and then don't think about telling the caterer not to use plastic plates and plastic forks of course things are getting a little bit more better and aware about that but that's what we try to sort of bring into our events we worked with the uh, turkish olympic committee on the big cross bosphorus swim and uh, did the whole plastic disclosure project for their program to alleviate all the trash at the end of their races, which was pretty neat. And that was Doug Woodring from the Ocean Recovery Alliance chatting with Marcy Trent Long on this week's Trash Talk. And you can catch more Trash Talk on the 123 show every Monday just after the 2.30 news. And we also have a special podcast page for it so you can check it out on our Radio 3 homepage or the RTHK Podcast One webpage. This week on Alison Howe's Common Room, she spoke to American boy band Why Don't We about their upcoming plans and also checking in with them after a tough year. I made it a point that every time I ask somebody, how are you, I have to absolutely mean it. And I know that it's been a tough time for you guys, um, particularly you made a public post about that too. So I really just want to check in with you guys right now. How are you? You ready for 2022? Hey, hey you know, things, thank you for that. things are definitely looking up. Uh, thank you for asking. It's, it's been a, an interesting go this year in terms of the, our career. And we've been dealing with a lot of, uh, the ice maker had 
Uh, <laughs> Ready for a party. Feelings are doing good. <laughs> no, we've been dealing with a lot of different stuff in terms of, you know, the legal situation and everything. It's it's been it's been a bit of a fight and it's not over yet. So we're just we're just trying our best to, you know, get music out because that's what we love to do. I feel like that's sort of yeah. like our duty for our fans is like let's get the music out. And that makes us really happy, and uh, we just got to get out on the road again. That's the next goal. But no, yeah, for real. Um, I, I'm in a much better place now. I yeah, know, I know. There's still stuff we're we're going through, but um, I think just way better than what we were going through in the past. Um, I think we're in a better place. I think we just want to put out music, like you said. Yes, we're, we're doing good though. So thank you for asking. Of course, that's so good to hear because honestly, as your fans, they just want to truly support you guys. Make sure that you guys are in a good place. That we are hopefully going to be able to welcome you in open arms when you're ready to tour Asia. Yes, Yay. we want to come back to Asia so bad. I swear, I wish you could hear the amount of times we like talk to our manager about Let's this. Like, daily, we're like, "Yo, put us on tour, man!" Right like, now, yeah. like, yeah, trying to get back we out. Can't there. wait. Ah, do you have any particular plans for 2022 yet that you could tell us about? They're forming, they're starting to come starting, together. Yeah. You know, we can't we can't say anything. Okay. They're like this right oh, now. It's like starting the process. Starting to like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that on Halloween you guys did a mix-up uh, costume. It's not a unison theme. It's like everybody throwing on what you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually we actually tried. I think we were too late, like because we were so busy, and then we were gonna do something all together, but. It's kind of hard to get five outfits, you know. We'll do it next year. Yeah. We'll do it next year. We'll do it I bet, next year. I bet we'll be on tour and we'll be all together and we'll just go to yeah. a, a costume shop and get this, you know. Yeah. Amazing. I do it like a month in advance this time. Yeah. What would be the ultimate costume that you think it, it would be a good team costume? So, gonna do, uh, we were going to do the Power Rangers. <laughs> I would but, like, say. I was checking and like all the colors were there except blue or something. And then I was yes. like, oh my God. But then maybe Ghostbusters would have been cool. Um, I know we looked like Ghostbusters and we love that. We basically did that. Yeah, we basically did it. Uh, that is true. Speaking really? of costumes, Hong Kong was flooded on Halloween by Squid Game costumes. Everybody's wearing tracksuits. Yeah. So there's that. And, and there's me with my minimum attempt. I thought you guys might care. I was a bunch of grapes. Oh, that's awesome. That's the amazing. whole thing costed me, in terms of American dollars, less than $2. Wow. That's I could have been strawberry or something. Exactly. You did right, honestly. I think you won. Thank you. All right, looking ahead, we we want to, you know, we, we love having fresh starts. We love, you know, welcoming you guys back with new music. I love the sound of it. Do you guys do New Year's resolutions? I do. I do. I haven't. I haven't. Ever? I... I have a times. I usually just am like always just trying to grow no matter what the situation is because with New Year's resolutions you're always like oh, I'm gonna work out every day and then <laughs> you get like a, a month and a half in and or whatever and then it's just not happening and you're like I think just like building things in everyday life that's consistent is just like more uh, beneficial long term yeah. okay would you have any particular goal that you want to set for yourself next year? Next year? I mean, just get on tour. I think that's the main goal, you yeah. know? That's, Amazing. if we're on tour, I'll be happy. Yeah, Yay. I think me, I just, with my, like, New Year's resolutions, I like to kind of 
Um, I definitely try to stick to like I try to write write down stuff. Um, I do it the classic way. Manifest. I try to manifest it. it. Yeah, but uh, there's always stuff that you know just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. guess it's just how it works. But at least the thought, at least the there. thought is there. I always yeah. try to put my mind into like yeah, what like you said. I'm gonna turn. I'm just gonna be better. I think that's be my better. thing. Is just be better. Um, next year's a new year. You're starting fresh. You know, I like to think of it that way too. Um, Love it. Yeah. I can't even hide it. I haven't stopped thinking about your lips. Mm, your lips, yeah. I'm losing my mind. It's been too long. I'm missing your kiss, yeah. Your kiss, you. Yeah. 
everything's great. was Ali Howe speaking with Why Don't We on this week's Common Room. You can catch the Common Room weekdays from 9 to 10 p.m. Now let's move on to Tuesday's Back Chat on the topic of transitional housing, a government initiative, and now many NGOs are also providing this type of accommodation. One of the NGO is Light B, and they aim to provide transitional housing to families with children who are temporarily impoverished due to the sudden economic and family structural changes. Hosts Jim Gould and Ada Wong talk to Rita Lee, the Director of Sustainable Real Estate Research Centre and also Associate Professor of the Department of Economics and Finance from the Hong Kong Shuyan University on whether or not this is a way to relieve the housing problem in our city. In terms of Hong Kong housing problem, we know that there are a long-term problem about like subdivided housing and then there are a lot of the uh, individuals uh, who need to have the uh, Housing for the uh, 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 so that in in that case, okay, in that case that we if we have got the transition housing, it can actually solve the housing shortage problem in the short term, and then transition uh, tra- uh, transitional housing can also be offered in the existing premises. Like for example, uh, the government uh, uh, property agency can provide uh, a lease of the surface government properties managed by different uh, departments. So under this uh, established mecha- uh, mechanism, NGO may apply for the surplus government properties for various uses. Yet these NGOs originally may not have the building skills and techniques. So uh, this means that uh, this uh, automatically increases the housing supply that is managed by those that who are not developed in itself. And moreover, in case of Hong Kong uh, land structure. Uh, there are a lot of the land for which that uh, uh, that they can only allow the shallow foundation, but not the deep foundation. And then, uh, in case of like, for example, modular construction that can be used for transitional housing, which is a kind of like low, uh, a kind of like low density development type of the housing. This can allow those housing to be built on the land, which cannot support the deep foundation due to the land condition. So um, that it actually solves the problem in a quicker way. Yeah, yes, Dr. Lee. Uh, I think in recent years, we have seen very interesting housing models. Uh, for me, you know, I have seen how uh, light B and light homes, uh, have, you know, have emerged. They, um, you know, what, what they do is actually more than providing people with a space, but it comes with um, maybe training or childcare or even capacity building programs so that these uh, poor families can find uh, jobs and can also learn how to do financial planning and yeah. they get you know exactly. out of their housing problems now but but that is um that is actually a lot of work for very few families um how 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 would you see the um the impact of, of such uh uh i mean such initiatives like uh, like be or like homes well, actually, uh, if we look at the case, like for example in Toronto, they also have got some similar type of the transitional housing, where it is what you say. Like for example, they not just provide the housing, but they also provide some kind of like activities 
And just like uh, that, they offer some of the places for those uh, youth in particular, where they, for example, they have got a broken family, where like in Hong Kong, we have got one out of the three, it's like a family that they have got the, uh, 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 that they have got a divorce problem, for example. So the kids that they may have got like um, uh, the youth in itself, that they may have got a problem with the housing issues. And then the transitional, uh, transitional housing also provide and a way, a new way to manage this kind of thing as well. So to a certain extent, so uh, for the transitional housing, they do not only solve the housing problem, but they also solve the social so, or society issues, uh, like what we say. So for about the youth, for example. So under these circumstances, I would say that the long-term society impact is not just about solving the housing shortage problem, but it is more than solving the, uh, like for example, the wider society uh, problem as well. So uh, this is this may be the impact outside what uh, originally where we always say about like Hong Kong, we do not have sufficient land, we do not have sufficient housing. Yeah, well, I, I, I think, you know, we, we should uh, research more into social housing or transitional housing uh, simply because uh, it is not just about uh, hardware, it's not, not about just the space, but it's also about the software, the community building skills uh, that come with it. And, and on this question, I know that the government has been uh, earmarking uh, different small pieces of land to build uh, transitional housing. So two-story bungalow type, like with containers. Um, we we saw um, a few developments in Cham Shui Po in particular. And NGOs such as the Tonghua Group of Hospitals or SOCO have been uh, asked to be the managers and they will select the, those tenants living in subdivided uh, flats in squatty and, you know, squatted conditions uh, to go there. But still, you know, when, when I see the piece of land, I will ask the question, if it is available for social housing and transitional housing, how come we can't really build proper public housing on that piece of land you know, rather than use it for transitional purposes? Well, I said that there are not all the pieces of land that is uh, suitable for building housing. So in Hong Kong, you, a lot of people may ask a question, why in Singapore there are so many, uh, so many good housing that is supplied but not in Hong Kong? Because in Hong Kong's case, that in case of a land structure, not all the land are suitable for building uh, deep foundation where we have got like 30, 40, or 60 story high because the piling is needed. So under these circumstances, uh, there may be some of the land in itself where it is not suitable for building the uh, like towers of the skyscrapers for which the public housing they expect. Then uh, this, piece, this piece of land that it can be like suitable for building transitional housing in itself. And more importantly, for the case of transitional housing, we do not expect that to be like skyscrapers, because for building skyscrapers, there are a lot more things that have to be uh, considered, not just about the foundation, but there may be a kind of things like, for example, that we have to pass through the time planning uh, box requirements about, uh, for example, the wind direction, uh, the wind flow, and then so that it means that there are a lot more things to consider. So. Uh, even though there are a lot of people to say that, well, why that we just uh, build a public housing? Because we need to have much more time, uh, taking much more time for that. So in between the time, by the time that we, uh, we have got the, uh, we build uh, those towers of blocks of skyscrapers for the public housing, then we can actually use this good time to, uh, to uh, uh, provide some of the housing in the short one, to solve the short one problem mm -hmm. instead. Mm -hmm. 
So, um, would you judge the transitional housing programme so far to have been a success? Well, actually, I think uh, the latest uh, suggestion about, like, for example, the new world development it is also a, a good, uh, is also a good uh, suggestion that it is announced yesterday, where the type of the housing that they mentioned about uh, the rather short, uh, rather rather cheap price, which is at about one hundred thirty-five thousand uh, dollars for down payment. Uh, which is a, uh, a kind of a housing that is like uh, quite uh, quite uh, affordable. But and that is almost I, like a, uh, Dr. Lee, that's almost like a home ownership scheme, uh, whereas uh, the other transitional housing we have talked about uh, is on a rental purpose, right? The new uh, world that one model. is for, for the sale purpose yesterday by the time they announced it. So that one, I think uh, if we follow more or less similar model, it can actually solve a lot of a lot of the problem for which the the, the, uh, the, the Hong Kong people that they do not have uh, sufficient down payment, and then they can also uh, they can also serve as uh, they can solve the problem of the not sufficient uh, uh, housing problem. And then if we look at like for example transitional housing in Port Oikon, Huawei uh, Village, for example, they also provide a kind of like transitional housing, and that one is, is actually provided by Port Oikon. And then uh, that one, uh, if you try to see it, and then that is like sort of like very well equipped, and then uh, that one it is uh, actually built together with Port Oil Hospital and also Henderson Land Development. So it means that for the Port Oil Hospital, they can provide sort of like health support, but it also solves the problem, like for example, potentially speaking, elderly problem where where say for instance they cannot live together with those like younger people. And that was Rita Lee, the Director of Sustainable Real Estate Research Center, also an Associate Professor from the Department of Economics and Finance from the Hong Kong Shuyan University, as she was chatting about transitional housing on Tuesday's Backchat. And now, finally, let me leave you with some good old-fashioned music entertainment with a bit of Steve James. Thursday afternoon drive with Steve James. I hope you have a great weekend. Until next week. Oh, the factories may be roaring with the boom a lack a zoom a lack a wee But there isn't any roar when the clock strikes four Everything stops for tea Now I know just why Franz Schubert didn't finish his unfinished symphony He might have written more, but the clock struck four and everything stops for tea Tea break this afternoon Celebrating the fact that uh, this day, 1989, Billy Joel started a two-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with this one, We Didn't Start the Fire. It's lyrics made up from rapid-fire headlines, over a 100 headline events between 1949, the year that Billy Joel was born, uh, right up to 1989. There's songs off the album Stormfront. Didn't start the fire, sing along if you can. Harry Truman, Doris Day, Red China, Johnny Ray, South Pacific, Walter Whistle, Joe DiMaggio. Joe McCarthy, Richard Nixon, Scooter, Baker, Television, North Korea, South Korea, Marilyn Monroe. Rosenberg, Sage, Bomb, Sugar Ray, Pan Munjong, Randall, the King and I, and the Catcher in the Right. Eisenhower, back.
Radio. 